0: Hello, everybody. My name is Mike Stroh, and this is the State of Mind podcast on Radio Regent Park. And today we have a very special guest named Allison Schaefer. She was on the podcast about a year, no, almost a year ago, and we're here for round two. And that's really exciting. So just to, if you are interested, and I think you will be by the end of this, I suggest you listen to the first one that has Allison's origin story, and because uh, it's quite interesting, and actually on the podcast webpage there is timestamps for all the things that we talk about. So if you're interested in anything in particular, you can, I guess, navigate to that part of the audio, and I will do the same for this episode. So just to give you a little information about Allison, she is a Alderian. I always say Adlerian. That's, that's correct. It is. So that's a-
1: Adlerian.
0: Adlerian, family counselor and one of Canada's leading parenting experts. She's the best selling author of three parenting books with HarperCollins Canada, a TV host and columnist. And she is also a three times TEDx speaker and gives keynotes around the globe. And the titles of her books are fantastic. So one is, um, Honey I wrecked the kids.
1: That's people's that's, favorite. That's the most is it? <laughs> well, yeah. it's the best seller, but also people okay. do just really resonate with it's the so title. Good.
0: And also the other one, uh is it Smashing the Good Mom
1: Myth? Yeah, breaking the good, breaking, mom, myth, breaking but the good mom myth. We can smash it too. Yes. I'll <laughs> go as dramatic as you want smashing, to get rid okay. of it. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: I uh, the third one I can't recall.
1: Ain't, ain't misbehaving.
0: Ah, nice. And that's about I think it's like uh, tantrums, timeouts, and so what's it, the subtitle?
1: Th- so it, it's it's really the just the solution book. For people that don't have time to read a 300-page book on parenting theory because they're just too busy dealing with their kids, it, yeah. this is like he will only poop in a pull-up behind the shuffle-out. What do I do? And it's in the index, and you go to page 86, and it'll even give you a script to read off the page if you're so absolutely overwhelmed. That's
0: amazing. So it's just quick solutions. Awesome. So that problems. will be – That will be in the show notes too, all the links. Well, really, last time I think I linked to your website, which is probably the best thing to do. Um, So that's about it, everybody. I hope you're having a good day. And... Hi! Hi! Hi. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm having a bit so of a. Yeah. I'm a little unsettled we right now. So. Mike yeah.
1: hasn't had his coffee yet. We we no. met. We met for coffee, <laughs> grabbed coffees, and ran down to the studio. I was going to say so you could put that on the on my my new intro. It's going to be and podcast guests. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Multiple. I know times. it's awesome. And it thank is. you for the timestamps. Yeah. As somebody who is, mm-hmm. I love listening to podcasts. I'm yeah. in my car all the time. I I like audio. I think I'm an audio person. And I do like a long format conversation. I like the deeper. I respect in a world of 140 character tweets and five bullet point listicles that you read that a classic podcast like yours allows us to spend more time getting into deeper content. And as you say, when you put the little timestamps, it means that maybe the one important thing, the jewel of a tidbit that you want, you don't have time to listen to the whole thing, but Mm -hmm. it's great to be able to find it. So thank you for what you do. Yes, my pleasure. And I... I often
0: tell people that when I have these conversations, I try to sometimes act as if I might be one of your clients <laughs> as a parent.
1: There you go. Which I very well welcome could to be. my sessions. Yes, yes. How are the kids yes. doing? <laughs> Is it a tell-all? Yeah.
0: So, because I think that's nice for people too. I think a lot of times they're not used to having a direct conversation. You know, it's sort of. What do people do in this situation as opposed to when I feel frustrated with my kid or myself or my spouse or whatever, and it's causing problems in this way in my life, what the hell do I do? And thats I think that's a much more helpful way to discuss things.
1: Yeah. I I love your point about how we can be open and honest and vulnerable if the purpose of it is to get constructive help. Yeah. Um, I think what we've seen a lot is in talking about parenting that we don't always go to the constructive place. We're either venting in a way to seek, I don't know, pity or to, um, to belie our kids. I see this a lot publicly on social media. I really say like think before you post, you know, mm-hmm. like just like everything gets archived, your kid's going to go back and Look at that, and read that, and put that through the filter of a kid who wants to have unconditional love from their parent. Like, do you want them? To, are they going to understand in context what you just posted? Um, so, uh, but neither do we want to glam- glamorize it. Where we have a lot of people that are like, "Yeah, you know what?" And I lost all my baby fat, and I've, I've right. never had a meltdown, and you know, and so <laughs> I, I find that that we we don't uh, we don't support each other enough in the way that we need to be supported.
0: Yeah. Do you think that that comes from a lack of self-assuredness or something? Because it seems we're often putting up a image of ourselves that protects that vulnerable place because we we don't know how to deal with it or comfort it or something like that, you know?
1: Well, you know, I, the the best that I'm – Coming to understand in my mind is that when you are specifically using like an, an an online platform, just for example, you really are following the social norm. Like you know that you are making a poster of yourself. Yeah. So you know, for for people like you and I who <laughs> sometimes who sometimes under- I
0: forget that maybe yeah. Well, but, but I, it's think people, it's, I think true. I think people
1: operate out of that. They know it is, for for lack of a better word they they know that there is a way of being. Um, and, and just like so many of the other things that have s- social norms yeah. around it, um, you, you learn a certain way to behave right. and you find your tribe and you find your people. So you might be the, um, um, oh, there's a certain term for it now, um, like red hot mess mama. Oh, boy. Right. And this is like you're going <laughs> to, right? Where everything okay. you're going to yeah. post yeah. is like, right. you know, hey, my kid barfed on my outfit and whatever. And it's yeah. just, it's going to just be a complaint portal. Yeah. And people will jump on that and they'll say, like, and yeah, I got my bad, my life is hell right. raising kids, mama story. Yeah. And you'll get that whole genre. And then you'll get other people that are, that will find another little niche. But all of it is one layer of technology. It, all of it is, 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 me representing myself like a brochure like a poster board like a yeah. like like how we wear any mask or or persona in society except right, for th- right. through through the digital way um and so it's i think it's harder for people to to uh, be as genuine and sometimes people don't mm-hmm. know what to do with genuine too you know yeah, like it's yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm always interested in the the edlerian question what's the purpose of the behavior so what's the purpose of posting that? You know, what's, you know, is it really for the contribution and betterment of mankind or right. is it to seek attention or is it to get accolades or um so I do try to always think about the purpose of a post. Am I sharing good information? Am I letting people know that I'm a human? Am I letting people into a little peep of my of my life? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, That's a really good question. I hope oh, there are two things that were going on. The first was I was picturing, because I'm in school right now, uh, and my last class was family systems stuff or family and couples therapy. But Love when, it. yeah, it was so good, and my teacher was fantastic too, which was really interesting. Anyhow, the as you're saying that, I was thinking of, you know, in a maybe a textbook that comes out in ten years describing perhaps different characteristics of online behavior how yeah. there would have be descriptions of the different personality types. As I, you were just saying, like, it's ca- what was the name? The Red Hot Mama? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What are some there's, other ones? There's like typologies.
1: You know, well, then just sort of like the, the, the people that are yeah, – Yeah, the, the... Per- the perfectionistic, right, right, okay. you know, kind of a thing. So they um, would be
0: typical roles just played out differently online?
1: Yeah, kind of I mean y- – y- this is a theory I'm working in my head. Yeah. But, but, but what I'm saying is I, I do think that we know that there's kind of some, some rules and they're unwritten rules, but we're being guided by some rules and we're slotting ourselves into some social norms in how we engage online. I mean, even look with kids, like the, the whole um, uh, how, how quickly you respond. Uh, or right. how, how you know to
0: somebody else's post or yeah, some, like yeah, there's yeah. a norm, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and you have to learn the rules, yeah. you know, the 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 rules of what you like and if you take it down and <laughs> how how quickly you oh, know who yeah. you share with. There's right. there are social rules around all of that that right. you got to kind of be on the inside of it to know. Yeah. So, but I don't think we bring those rules to the top of our mind consciously, but we yeah. operate. With Within them, them or something. Subliminally, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, we do. But it's um it's just another stage, and we're an actor on that stage following rules. Yeah. And and it is a representation of ourselves, but it's not our full selves. And I think that's why it's a skewed bias piece where the real in real life stuff, as you know, yeah. is where we share mirror neurons and where you see the whole right, of me, right, right. and where we live in community and yeah, touch the earth together, and right, right. and and, uh, and so we can't lose we can't lose touch of that. Not not as parents, and and not as, and not and not our kids. You know, we're seeing a huge spike in anxiety and depression that's associated with isolation and loneliness. So we're wired more than ever, and more disconnected and isolated than yeah. ever. And we we've got to figure out how to how to you you know because again I I'm a pro technology person. I think there's all kinds of great things that can happen online. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we miss the fundamentals of what human beings and our design and our nature is, it is to be communal, it is to be community-based, and it is to be in real time together.
0: Which that's nice because the other thing you mentioned that is about what is the intention of my action or what am I trying to get out of this situation or whatever. Yeah. That is also really helpful and I wonder – It's funny, I had a little silly conversation with my wife, I don't know, about a month ago or something, and then I was telling my friend about it, and he said to me, hmm, I wonder what your intention was in saying that, you know, and kind of reminding me to check my intentions or thinking about why it is I'm doing or saying something or reflecting on it which seems to also be a sorely lost art (laughs) or maybe it never was developed very well, but as a parent also, right, when we, I don't know, discipline our kids or when we, I don't know, uh, ask them to do something for us or tell them something, we, well, I say we probably a lot of people do it impulsively or without Thinking or reflecting yeah, habitual, on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, habitual. So that that piece of the purpose of behavior, the usefulness of behavior, the goal of behavior, right. is all lumped together into uh, one big psychological word, which is t- teleological. It, it's the, it is to 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 forecast like telescope to look into the future. Right. That you that you be, we do our behavior with the hopes of creating a future. Yes. Outcome response. Right,
0: that's different than what's now, or does it matter that, necessarily?
1: Oh, it really matters. Okay, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> it is a complete reshaping of your thinking. Right. So we predominantly, as a society, and most of the theoretical bodies, um, across different psychologies yeah. and personality theorists. Prefer to think of things as being causative. And that's because of Freud's big influence around drives, the hunger drive, the, the sex drive, that something causes you. And parents really like this cause thing, right? Because it's like, you know, ADHD caused my kid to be inattentive. Right. Um, you know, like we like to think of there being a reason that we can blame that caused this behavior. Right. And it's a completely different idea. To think about subconsciously, because most of our choices are subconscious, choosing behaviors because we have some idea that we might get some benefit or accomplish something or get to some state of of a perceived positive, a perceived better state. So if you're a child, for example, who has a belief that I'm only important and significant in the world when people are paying attention to me. That's how I secure my safety. I know I'm safe and secure and important when people are talking to me, being busy with me. And you're at circle time and the teacher's trying to read a book and you're not being paid attention to. And suddenly your feelings of inferiority start to come because you say, how do I know if I'm important? I'm I'm, I'm invisible. I'm disappearing. I'm not important in the world. My my psychological security is on the line here. And so you start to wiggle and bug your neighbor. So the teacher says, you know, Johnny, Johnny, sit still. You go, oh, good. She paid attention. And so I go from a felt minus to a felt plus. And and to us, we're like, why do I have to tell him every single day? Doesn't he get it? He's not getting, he's thick. And it's like, it's because for him, the wiggling is not the problem. The wiggling is his solution, right? Yep. So until we get dig deeper and say, what would be the benefit of that behavior? Why would you keep pesting your neighbor? Why would you not sit still? How? You, what's the utility of being an irritant to the teacher <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever? And that's yeah. just one example. <clears throat> sure. Um, but the same thing we see this with anxiety, and you know, anxiety is really on the rise now too. And we know from studies and anxiety outside of Adlerian psychology, but there's pretty much a consensus that this has like a biopsychosocial yeah. combination yeah. of events, right? So the biological is is there's a genetic component, but we know from epigenetics that there's also whether or not genes get expressed. But you can pass on um, through social learning. If you're a kid and you are um, really afraid of the dark and your parent had anxiety, and you're looking at a little child with that scared look in their face, and you say, of all the things that I could be strong as a parent, I am not going to let my child psychologically suffer that that panic and terror. I had that as a kid, and I know how awful it is, and I'm going to save them from that emotional angst. And so you say, sure, come into my bed. Right well, then that's great. I'm not saying that their kid wasn't actually anxious and wasn't actually scared of the dark or all those other things. But they're also socially learning that I get a different response to my parent around my anxious emotion than I do around my frustrated emotion and my angry emotion and my disappointed emotion. And I find that when I actually get anxious, suddenly there's I, I get more accommodation, I get more sympathy, I get uh, more dispensation for things. And so not that they become manipulative, I'm mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. when they could try to self-regulate because it's uncomfortable to feel anxious, there's less motivation. If I if I keep letting myself think about monsters and think about the dark, I'm going to end up in my parents' bed. Yeah. <laughs> so again, pre-conscious, not manipulative, nope. but you can see how there's can be a learned component. To anxiety too.
0: For sure. And there, yeah, the well, it would be weird if humans weren't anxious. I think a lot of the development of awareness and consciousness, so to speak, is the unpleasant acknowledgement of our frailty and of our, you know, susceptibility to suffering and et cetera. So it's kind of wired into us to yeah, have that awareness, but then it's of course, what do we do with that, or how do we to, deal to, with that? To right? That's
1: very it, yeah. ain't what Is, you, yeah. it Ain't what you got; it's right. what you decide to do about it, right. right? So, you know, two people with two different, um, you know, lots in life. Right. One one person takes it in one direction, another takes it in another. It's not. Uh Adler said, it's not the cards you were dealt, it's how you play your hand. Yeah, so yes, sure. you have a temperament and yes, you have a genetic predisposition, but how are you going to play your cards of life? Are you going to say, oh God, I was that kid with polio, woe is me, the world owes me an apology? Yeah. Or are you going to be that kid that gets polio, this is in his sure, day, it's sure. not so popular, not so common now yeah. uh with disease or but, you know, or do you say, "I, you know, I'm going to prove to the world that you can't slow me down and I'm going to become like um uh, uh, like a, a, whatever yeah, Paralympics para yeah. Yeah, something yeah, or other yeah, yeah. right so it's it's it ain't what you got it's how you decide to deal with it right. you know you get a really bad teacher do you decide to fail the grade and blame it all on her or do you decide I better I better pull up my socks because she's not going to teach me yeah there's lots of room for choice
0: there is and the that brought up the idea of um, I don't know I don't know too much about sort of The archetypes or the hero myths or the whatnot. I mean, that would be an example of, I think, when we see people who are at a disadvantage, who end up doing incredible things, it's almost impossible not to look at that person and go, holy smokes, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's incredible when we see people do that. But when it comes to these miniature examples of challenger or you know, setbacks or disability, we, there's like a huge disconnect, right? Between yeah. this is a moment where well, you could act courageously like that person uh, or like that persona, but we're just not going to go there or not think about it or something like that.
1: I, I love that you're bringing this up because I do think it's an important parenting conversation that parents have to have with their kids, which is kids seem to think that they're like, there are these things called heroes. And that only special people, right? only special people are heroes. They've had something unique happen in their life. They, they're they one in a million. You know, they're the Nelson Mandelas yeah. and the whatever. And they're the ones that get the speaking engagements because they <laughs> right. climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and they were yeah. hanging by their fingernails. Well, you know, yeah. they got some great story, right? Sure. <laughs> and so you're like, well, who am I? I'm just like I'm just Tommy in grade three. <laughs> yeah, um, right, right. <laughs> but, but if we remember that, in fact, what we're trying to do is to have People be everyday heroes, Yes. and that we all have <clears throat> heroism in us, which is really just a way of of being courageous yes. and having social interests. Right? Those right. are again kind of Adlerian terms. Um, but to, to, so so, courage is not about not having fear. Right? Courage is about having fear and doing it anyways. Yes. Courage is the anxious kid who still says, yes. "I'm going to put up my hand because I think I might have the right answer." Yep. And even if I'm wrong, I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Which seems it seems that we took the opposite approach for the past 20 years in our schools and in our this person's not comfortable with this situation let's for lack of a better word coddle them into what makes them calm down right. not what actually helps them it's we need to get this kid to calm down so we can go on with our day and we don't have to feel uncomfortable, kind of thing.
1: Well, I it's a yeah. weird
0: kind of. A lot of it is the our parents are the adults' inability to self-regulate too, or to deal with discomfort.
1: Yeah, so, I think yeah. that was Mister Rogers had some great quote about you know when kids tell when adults tell kids to settle down, we're sort of saying that we can't handle your yeah, big emotions. Right, right, we're right, supposed right. to be the adults. We're supposed to handle all your emotions, oh. right? And I, I think you're right that one of the things that's happened is that when we end up testing kids and, um, uh, s- scoring them on all these things. And then we say, well, that's a challenge for them so they can be excused. And so they right. won't do public speaking. They can hand in a written paper instead yeah. or something. Um, the problem with that is that it it um, it's the difference between can't and won't. And it misses the developmental piece that says, how do we stay on this child's growing edge? What's the next challenge for to scaffold challenges yeah. to say, well, what could they manage? Could they speak just at their desk group? Could they – You know,
0: right, like baby step them into the bigger action that they're uncomfortable with. Right. So when we
1: say they can't, then we stop giving them opportunities to exercise that developmental muscle. And I think that's short sighted.
0: That, yeah, that's a great, I don't think I've ever heard it put that way.
1: Can't, can't, or won't. Can't yet. Yeah,
0: right. Can't yet. yet. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. can't
1: public speak yet.
0: Yeah, right.
1: But if you don't (laughs) practice, you're never going to get there. Yeah.
0: And it's, you know, you don't have to become a public speaker, but you need to. Well, it's helpful to work through that discomfort as opposed to just say, okay, you don't like this, you don't have to do it kind of thing.
1: It might be a five-year-old gathering the courage to say, please pass the mashed potatoes at a family dinner or order their own food at Swiss Chalet. Yeah. Right? Like but from it, the
0: waitress or yeah. the waiter. But yeah. you know if
1: you sit there and you see your kid nervous and you say he oh uh, he'll have the quarter chicken with fry and he never speaks up for him. So like where are you gonna practice? That's right? a great just
0: example of the micro <laughs> opportunity. Yeah, that's Every, a micro yeah. opportunity yeah. of
1: them to build their courage. Right. And then you can say, you know what? You're an everyday hero. That yeah took, right? Yeah. That took you yeah. a lot of courage. Yeah. And the next thing you know, he's opening the door for the lady pushing the stroller through and you're like, yeah. Wow, well, another act of courage, yeah. everyday hero.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I I try to. I always use the force with my son because he watched Star Wars and he knows what it's about. Good metaphor for yeah, him. Yeah, it's Love a it. good one. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. My daughter's only four, so she does get it, um, and I try that with her too. You know, when she doesn't want to go play soccer, uh, we I took her to soccer recently, and she didn't want to play. And so I was trying to be balance the patience with the encouragement of you know we can't always hide from things we don't like and etc and managing my own discomfort with it and all these pieces mm-hmm. to the puzzle that are happening multiple times a day so if we screw it up once that's okay right we have another opportunity to try to do it better <laughs> the next the, time right that's,
1: that's the best part about misbehavior if you get it wrong it's- it's coming back tomorrow you get to <laughs> until you get it right it's coming back <laughs> you got all kinds of times to try so hard. but but going back to our conversation yes. about before we can decide what to do about it before we can make a parenting strategy and decide on a discipline right me- method or a corrective action i like to say child guidance it sounds yeah. better than discipline discipline still sounds sure. too, too punitive it right? does a little bit yeah. um child guidance how do we guide the child towards constructive living um We gotta understand what's the usefulness of behavior. It could be that she doesn't wanna go out into the soccer field because she doesn't feel she's as good as the other people and she doesn't want to let down her team if, if she kicks the ball and doesn't get the, the goal, yep. she might be, again, revealing her inferiority. I'm not good at it. I don't want to be right. on with everyone looking at me not being good. It could also be, I didn't really sign up for soccer. I, I signed up to play with my friends and they're on the bench and this playing, this that's just like a little sideshow. What I'm really here for is my friends and they're sitting on the bench. So I don't really want to go on the field. Yeah. Um, it, it, that's it, so it,
0: helpful though, just because there, there are so many different potential reasons why the kid isn't doing but you, what you think they should do? Yeah. right.
1: But if we don't understand where what's the usefulness of it, how how can we start to yeah. come up with something around it? Uh, Because I'm going to do very different things if it's about feeling badly about my gameplay than if it's I just really want to socialize. Yeah. Right? Or it's like, it's the only time I, you know, dad, you're at class all day and you work all day and I finally get time with you. I want to sit with you under the tree. I don't want to go into the field. Right?
0: Yeah. It could be that too.
1: And they don't, of course, again, because it happens pre-consciously, kids don't put their words to this. We as parents have to crack the code of what's
0: going on. How do we balance the not putting words into their mouth? As well. So when she didn't want to go back in, I don't want to say, Are you scared of going back in? Or how do I kind of inquire into that without giving her an opportunity to say, Yes, it's that? Like, does that make sense? The question? Like, yeah. I, yeah so are you scared or does your leg hurt? Because whatever I say, that allows her to get what she wants. She may just say, yes, that's that's what's bothering me. Yeah, you. sure. Does There's, that yeah. make sense kind of? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know how to so – yeah. W-
1: but if you – what what would she say if you left it open-ended and didn't get supply – like yeah. you just did fill in the blank. Help me understand why you don't want to play.
0: Okay. Right. So that's – that. yeah. We, okay. We, do do, do, do mean, you know why now? or – she's four. So four. she may or may not be able to. But so it's more of a she, open-ended well, question. Try. Yeah.
1: Try. Um, I still think it's okay if you do the could it be. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, could it be This you don't, right? Yeah. yeah. And but I wouldn't just give one. Right. I, I might just, you know, kind of
0: give a few or give something a few. like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um so ah, this kind of fits into all this is you're you're doing a lot of Facebook live things i've seen yeah and also yeah okay.
1: <laughs> it is well video is awesome right and it really it is cool you get you get video and uh it gives people an opportunity to post questions and interact so i think i think in this day where it's really hard to find time yeah people really like to be able to do things remotely and have yeah
0: right and because you mentioned something i don't know if this is the so you it's hashtag hashtag family talk yeah and you said something earlier about permissive parenting
1: mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm.
0: like that. Does that fit into a lot of these things yeah. we're talking about?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's it, it speaks to parents looking for good information and guidance, um, especially in the teen years. Like right. a lot of people will take a parenting class or read parenting books. If you go to the bookstore, like just c- compare the title volumes for little kids mm-hmm. and then go see how many there are. For teens, in fact, where the teen books will be is over in the psychology, <laughs> right. self help. You know that, that <laughs> they end up coming for counseling. Yeah, but we don't actually have a lot of good parent education. We, the resources really dwindle in the teen years. So the the hashtag Family Talk is a program. It's a multi year program, and it's part of a global initiative. Wow. To yeah to to reduce underage drinking, and um, when they look at the research around why do kids underage drink what's going on whatever and what do we need to do about it it really highlights the fact that parents and i know we don't I feel i don't want to blame parents because yes. parents yeah. are always, oh it's me it's me they are they already feel like they're messing up their kids but what the phenomena seems to be is that when we tell parents the tale that when your kids go through adolescence they're going to be uh they're going to go in they're going to individuate. They're not going to like you. Um, they're going to want to cut the apron strings. Right. They're going to drift. They're going to get into their peer group. You're going to have conflict. And we've bought this story. Right. And parents feel completely powerless to go against that narrative. They're, they're going to do it anyways. They're going to do whatever their parents do. It's everywhere anyway. They feel powerless. And when we accept that narrative and when we feel powerless, then we start to actually enable those behaviors and, and parents don't see their role in why that perpetuates a problem. So in fact, when we talk to kids and say, um, my, oh, I, mean, I said this to my kids all the time. My yeah. expectation actually is that we're going to stay close <clears throat> in the teen year. Like you're telling me I'd put all this work into our great relationship. Right. I'm going to suddenly throw it away. Like, no, I, I, and actually I really, did enjoy the teen years. My expectation was I was going to really finally see the fruits of these the of seeing these kids individuate and see the people they were going to become and right. I and what friends they were going to pick and I you can change that storyline and you'll enjoy adolescence yeah, a whole yeah, lot more. Yeah. Um but what it also means is to be able to have the strength of your relationship and this is this applies to so many things in the adolescent years that we, we come from a history of control and command and lockdown yeah. where we think that we're going to stop our kids from doing certain behaviors by being more forceful, more rigid, more controlling. Um, and that backfires either in the short term or certainly down in the long run. There's other collateral damage that will happen <laughs> that can mm-hmm. be measured. Mm-hmm. And instead, moving over to a compliance cooperation influence model where children willingly of their own uh, decision-making come to the conclusion that, you know, my dad's a pretty good guy. He wouldn't be getting all he, – he wouldn't be giving me misinformation. Right. He's not just out there trying to ruin my good day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he he doesn't control all these other elements in my life. You know, if he's saying that this is important – there must be some merit to what he has to say. And so when we have a strong relationship and we haven't wasted all the wasted all our voice yes. by saying no to this and no to that and right. no to this. Because that's no- a big
0: part of this, right? Is Ugh. when you don't have the street cred almost, right? Yeah. The history credibility of listening to your kids and being open to their opinions and not being so rigid, then when you really want if if you're saying, "Oh no, this is actually really important," yeah. but you've you've acted that way about every other issue the whole their whole life, then it's just another nag or something, yeah. right? So, so the credit, yeah. You, what was the word?
1: You if used? you can, well, if you can think about the, the idea that, like, you you probably only have maybe three to I don't know five. I'm, I don't know what the research is, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but in your mind, think of you only you only get to play three big no's. Right. So don't waste it on your bra strap is showing. Right. Don't waste it on you can't drop out of cheer, uh you have to finish a commitment or whatever. Like, yeah. like we say no, 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 We micromanage adolescents so so much so that it's lost in the cacophony of messaging to yeah. them. Right. And so so if we have a good relationship, they believe that we have their backs, um, and then we simply predicate the conversation around um, not it doesn't it doesn't need to be around. Um, I, I don't. It doesn't need to be a big judgmental thing. You can just go to the basic facts that it's illegal. Like <laughs> yeah. right right yeah. That, yeah. right that yeah. that that just takes so many of the sidebar conversations around right, which mm-hmm. is like we don't pick and choose which laws we're going to. Uh, do like and not manipulate, do. right? Yeah, it's kind of like we're a law-abiding family. We understand laws, are, if we want to change laws, then we can go through the democratic process to change the law. Right. But there's laws for for society, and that helps us stay civil and organized. Mm-hmm. And we're law-abiding, and that's illegal. And it's one of those age age dependent um, things, like voting or your driver's license, that they've done research around. Right. When they're willing to allow that that risked to go so you know it's not like me being a meanie or not trusting you or any of those other things it's just you know so
0: how do you how would you balance that with these things are going to happen one way or the other yeah. Like the yeah. partying mistakes or the drinking, yeah. but the underage drinking, like there's so, no way we're going to stop young people from doing that. There's all, the yeah. There,
1: it, alcohol will be in your kids' presence, and yeah. some of their friends and peers' alcohol is going to show up at parties. So that's just for sure. For sure. And and mistakes are going to happen. Yeah. Right. So right. we have to. So part of the hashtag family talk program is also, uh, again, talking about what, what will you do? And, and I, what I mean by that is it's not enough to just say to kids, say no. Right it's 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 not enough no. and so when you hear about like after things have happened mm-hmm. and you talk to youth about like why didn't you call or why didn't you whatever and you listen to their logic yeah. in the moment you realize that the adolescent brain in that stage of development is is um being cortically rearranged there it is a vulnerable time but they're actually really poor <laughs>
0: like just uh decision logical. maker law lo- yeah right, that right.
1: part and you know and that's biological yeah that that, that, that becomes difficult sure. right. you know um and so you hear so much bad judgment so you can you you can start talking to kids about incidents that happen mm-hmm. and about the bad judgment mm-hmm. so that you can almost use it like a as a dry rehearsal yeah. to say like we're not really good in the moment yeah. so let's pre-rehearse you know, these things. So that you are ready without needing to use that part yeah. of your brain. Um
0: without it being a lecture, too, right? Because that's another thing yeah. you see people do it all the time. Oh, I can't believe you made such a silly decision. You know, what were you thinking? And and there's this perhaps inadvertent shaming or well a lot like of their thinking kind of also,
1: stuff. Mike, though, is that they are afraid. And that and that again is like if they think that the adults in their life yeah. are going to punish them for what they've done, mm-hmm. they're not going to reach out. I mean, and this is the same with little 100%. kids playing with yeah, matches yeah, and the mattress yeah, yeah. catches on fire Definitely. and they don't run and go tell mummy and daddy to get a fire extinguisher because they go, if I tell them we caught the mattress on fire, they're going to be mad at me. So they hide in the closet and the house burns down. It's really down. hard
0: to deal with. Like, that is for sure my teenage life was... Being so scared of getting in trouble that I never said anything to anybody or was scared to ask for help. Yeah. Um. And in fairness, you know, I don't know how much my parents actually got me in trouble or not, but that was in deep inside me. I was terrified of of the con- potential consequences. Yeah. So is that also how do you mix the because you have infinite dress rehearsals for that in terms of little things that happen at home Yeah, they break the lamp right right and how you react to that you didn't
1: know that that was working up to catching them drunk (laughs) right but but it is right it is because you're saying my goodness if my parents are going to freak out because i broke the lamp or i put a scratch in the car you know how are they going to react when i say i got my girlfriend pregnant or i came home arm in the hospital because like yeah yeah, yeah 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 Wow. So yeah, the party got busted, and my yeah, an ambulance <laughs> had to come get my stomach pumped. How are you? How are you going to handle that? Oh. So we have to constantly be proving to our kids right. that they can come to us with not with with their big problems, yeah. with their big fails, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. or each fail being being more reassurance that I'm right. here for you, big or small, whatever. Yeah. And and every time there's an incident, because again, it'll it'll if you have those open lines of dialogue or you're piggybacking on things that happen on the news. Um, you know, if it's a drunk driver killing someone and you're like, you know, you can take an Uber. You can leave the car in the morning. I will come pick you up. There's like four, I will never yeah, question. Right. I will never question the, you know, and here are all, you can leave your car in because people say, well, I had, but I had to get the car in the morning to go to work. Did you know that you can also hire a driver <laughs> to bring it home? There, Like there is, we got a million ways we can solve that problem and killing other people being drunk behind the wheel is not one of them. Right you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but even just you talking about it they're like wow my parents are talking about me drinking yeah. like they must they must have some insight into like the reality of what happens they're not naive they're just being practical
0: right okay i want to ask you about a, sp- a sp- situation
1: with my son yeah i just want to say for parents Please. that just tweet yeah. their interest yes they can go catch they can go on to my youtube site and all the archived family hashtag family talk stuff is there so is you it want on to know,
0: facebook too or no do you know
1: i think it's easier to find yeah. on youtube because okay. it, it does reside in the history but then you gotta go oh, the oh, yeah, i just yeah, think yeah, it's easier yeah, to yeah. get it yeah yeah but it is <laughs> scroll, both. scroll yeah scroll. yeah but it is both but it but and you don't have to listen to them in order is there a
0: playlist but. yeah there's a playlist there. and it's Titled family...
1: Talk. Hashtag family talk, yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, so... I got contacted by one of Oliver's friends, parent, dad, saying uh, something had happened at school where certain things were getting whispered into his kid's ear, uh, a little bit of foul language, and... Um, He was just uh, concerned or worried about his kid and asked me to ask my son about it. And so then I asked him – or actually, after I got the text message saying, can I call you, I was – my perhaps reasonable but unreasonable impulse is always to to catastrophize. (laughs) So, of course, I the first thing I did, I went up to Oliver and said, hey, are you – still friends with this person. Um, And he sort of said, yeah, like, I'm not not friends with them. And so I said, oh, okay, because, you know, his dad has messaged me. Is anything going on at school or whatever? And so then Oliver told me a little story that he seemed to be joyous about, like it wasn't a bad thing in his mind. And so he told me a few of them were, whispering in each other's ears things along the lines of uh, I'm going to fuck shit up, basically. Or I'm going to F this up or F you up or whatever. And they seem to be doing it as a game to each other, whispering like yeah. potty language, yeah. et cetera. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, thank you for telling me that. <laughs> so then I called the dad and – we talked about it, and he was really nice, and like we know them kind of. And so we spoke about it, and the one question I had was, you know, did your son tell him to stop or I don't like this or et cetera? And he hadn't, and he didn't ask him that either. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I think we can often remember to do is to ask our kids how they – dealt with it or did they deal with it or whatever. So we talked about that and then we talked about, you know, the balance between um, protecting kids, you know, keeping them safe and et cetera, and the, you know, exposing them to uncomfortable situations, kind of like we talked about before with the public speaking or ordering your own food at the restaurant, sort of where's the balance between exposing them to, Uh, incremental experiences of discomfort that are reasonable uh, versus protecting them from harm. Uh, We talked about that. And then also, you know, what are seven-year-old kids doing using that language is also a little bit, I don't know how odd that is in today's world. And then, so then I spoke to Oliver again about it. And I said, do you even know what fuck this shit up means? And he was like, no. I'm like, do you know what I'm going to fuck you up means? And he's like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. So that was in some sense reassuring. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm like, well, oh, this yeah. is what it means. Oh, yeah. And that's not a nice thing to do. And some people really don't react well to swearing. So I have a bit of a soft spot for him because I am a bit of a potty mouth, yeah. which in some ways – i'm okay with in other ways i think man i wish i could just be a little more articulate or something like that um but so those are all these balls that are juggling around you know and then oliver also said oh well it was that boy or kid who told me that word (laughs) or said that word." the friend yeah so and it's like who knows who's
1: in the little reindeer games of life Yeah. yeah and
0: like who knows where they heard that from or who knows who said it first or who knows whose feelings are being it, heard. And would what, it matter? I, I don't think I mean? so. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: they could have been walking down the street and they and heard too. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and then,
0: all the grade six kids and older yeah. kids are – they're hearing all kinds of things in the playground. So, yeah.
1: But the one thing oh, they –
0: That's a complicated – but it happened last night. And yeah. so I'm curious what maybe we could do uh, an, an analysis of the thinking that's going on. Yeah. The, and the, the behavior and what we could maybe say to them.
1: I would forward. try to unpack that. Again, I would go back to this idea of what's the usefulness of the behavior. Right. Okay. So, so, um, so it's interesting that, like, you didn't know what the word meant. Yeah. But you knew it was verboten. You wouldn't know what verboten yeah, means right. either. Yeah. Like bad or something <laughs> or naughty or Yeah. You knew that it was, it, that it would, was. It was it was naughty, forbidden, right? And that it's and it's it sounds like you figured out like it's something that like that older people say or tough people say or maybe men say. Yeah, um, you know, going back to like toxic masculinity. Yeah, right. Um, and again, I don't know. Could have been could they could have heard it from women? I'm not necessarily saying that.
0: But it's it's the masculine energy in all of us. Yeah, that. that is obviously more common in yeah, then, yeah especially and,
1: and so you know if we say like well, it's slang, but it's a slang that is um when it's when it's used that way right it's a it's a put down or it's right. derogatory yeah, yeah. um or you aggressive know, or something aggressive like, yeah. it's yeah it's, yeah it's got like an aggressive edge to it um, and so like you just talk about like literally like the power of language, yeah, and um you know, used in that. So I can, the whispering in each other's ears tells me they knew that it was not for public broadcast, right, right. right? So so you can say, you know, I already know that you know something about this word because y- you knew that it was something you whisper, not say out loud. Right. And when I said, did anything happen at school today? And you said, well, there was that thing. It tells me you, you actually even know that that was right. kind of cuspy behavior which means morally he knows right from wrong otherwise he would have gone no nothing happened to school today I you know or he could have mentioned 500 other things yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right
0: right yeah so
1: he knew he was treading yes. in that ground um but then I you know I think we can say so you know sometimes people say it to look tough uh, sometimes people say it to like to look uh, to have social status to look cool right. um, sometimes they want to look aggressive because they want to make other people feel small mm-hmm. um, so
0: which also goes but, back to the what's the purpose of the behavior
1: maybe because yeah. they're
0: trying Wanting to – Wanting to look mature. They're like, right, you know what? Yeah. I'm
1: seven and like I know dirty words now. Yeah, I know right. big dirty words now. <laughs> yeah. So is it – you know, it could be – Is
0: that totally – I mean do you know when kids start having that type of
1: – Language?
0: Yeah, I guess or
1: – I know my kids taught the – Baptist preacher's kid under the slide at uh, kindergarten. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> like what the F word was? Yeah, I'm not sure they got
1: all the way to F. I remember yeah. like the, the, they were like, you know, they knew the words and like, okay, so what's the A word? What's the B word? And when right, they got right, to right. C, you know, I remember them like saying something like crap. And I was like, yep, that's the C word. <laughs> that's amazing. You know all the swear words now. You know crap.
0: Right. Uh- <laughs> so how, what would be the, because I think the... The parents' concern was that their child felt unsafe or uncomfortable, yeah, so maybe
1: and is that well, first of all, I would say is that true yeah, um <clears throat> I don't know, but right. but but uh Com- for the for the parent listening, yeah, if your child is feeling uncomfortable. Then your job is to teach your child to speak up for their uncomfortable feelings right. and say, when, you, when you're uncomfortable, you can say, I don't like that. You can walk away. You want to give them multiple strategies, kind of like the hashtag family talk. In that moment, yeah. what are things you can do to improve that situation for yourself? Right. What can you do to change the situation? Coming home and saying, mommy, daddy fix my situation called not that he's recommended sure, 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 calling sure. but yeah, yeah. but it's a it's a it's a very victim mentality to say when life throws me problems and I get into a sticky place other people should figure it out for me. Right. I want to keep the agency on the child and develop those skills so that they feel powerful enough to say I don't like that or you know to
0: Yeah and maybe do you think there's any usefulness in the four of us talking about it? Quickly no. or no, nah. not really. Unless nah, I don't it gets, think so. unless I wouldn't it gets.
1: elevate it to a bigger problem than it is.
0: Yeah. Because um, it might not even be a problem, is the well, other thing.
1: And his uncomfortableness might be that he was participating in doing something that he knew was bad. It's like stealing your first caramel, your right. first, notice I say first,
0: candy. Because, <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> you know, it only goes up to Kit Kats from there. I mean, kids do do things and then they go, oh. Right. Like and I now have this uncomfortable feeling cuz I just did this thing but I don't think I'm supposed to do this thing.
0: Right. And so then when I'm given the opportunity to externalize the responsibility, that's sort of when I I think this goes to what I was asking about not putting words into our kids mouth. Because if I said if I said, "Oh, you did that bad thing because somebody else told you to or asked you to or you feel bad because you that person made you feel bad and they want to get out of the conversation they would just say yes he made me feel bad so
1: he's taken the power of suggestion way too seriously there I I would right. try to stay back a little further and try to get them to put words to it
0: right okay and and I guess as they get older they're more capable of doing yeah. that kind of thing
1: yeah yeah not for the preconscious behavior right um but you know, I, t- you t- I trust your, trust your inner instincts too. Yeah. You know? As a parent? Yeah. yeah. yeah just say, yeah. well, you know, I know, not speaking to his experience, sure, sure. but you might just say, well, you know, I know some boys, um, want to impress their friends when they use big words like that. Right. Or some people right, want to right, show right, that right. like, I'm not a little baby anymore. I'm not like a little, I'm not in kindergarten anymore. I'm in yeah. grade one. And like, I know big words now. Right. Um, and that might feel really, or you might feel like all my friends are using those words. I want to show them that I know that stuff too. Yeah. Even, just so I fit in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think in this case, you know, you you might just say like word made it back to me that one of those kids, even though they were participating, they actually weren't very comfortable. Right. And that's what right. happens with peers where we end up getting into like so much wanting to just be a part of yeah. that sometimes we do things that are outside our own little voice that says, no, no, no. And Mm -hmm. we have to listen for that little voice. And it also means we have to watch for other people's faces and say, do they look like they're having a good time? Do do they look like they're really participating? Or are they feeling some pressure just because the whole group is doing this?
0: That's really nice. Yeah. That's a lovely way to, I guess, kind of, I don't know, put it, I guess. Well, and you know,
1: I I, I just – I'm in the middle of getting certified for my play therapy and I just like get really excited about metaphors too, right? (laughs) Instead of giving like these big moralizing lessons from the mount and using like this event that happened yesterday and the father phoned and right right away defenses go up. But, you know, a lot of times we can just use like storytelling. And, you know, at seven, kids still love stories. They do, yeah. And you don't even have to tie it back to what happened at school. You know, once upon a time, there was four little boys and they went to the beach and they started throwing rocks at a turtle. And the... third little boy said like oh i don't i think it's right to throw rocks at turtles but i want my friends to like me and they're all laughing and they're all throwing rocks at turtles maybe i should too and he threw rocks at the turtle and he you know and then you can say whoa have, has that ever happened you know what should yeah. the little boy say what should he do you shouldn't throw rocks at the turtles uh-huh. daddy well don't you think his friends should see that he's scared like you know yeah. so you end up having this whole conversation mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. some metaphoric story yeah and you don't have to say wasn't it like the swear words today at school <laughs> like yeah, you yeah just totally. leave it yeah, just yeah. leave it right, right they right. it sinks in
0: yeah and i was actually i
1: just made that one up on the spot by yeah that was a good way. one I, I, was, I can't say I was, that i can do that that quickly every time
0: i was curious where you were gonna go with that <laughs> um and i also really admire and i thanked him too the dad for calling me like for not going oh Well, maybe he's just a bad kid. Don't hang around him kind of thing. You know, he actually, you know, took the time to call me and he was really kind and he was really, uh, I think, trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, Non-judgmental. Yeah. Just just staying
1: in touch. See that. Gosh, that sounds a lot like community.
0: Yeah, it does. (laughs) It does.
1: And then what's the usefulness of the behavior? He wasn't shaming and yeah, judging and right. and
0: no nope. right that nope. you know yeah. you wanted
1: to get to the bottom of it make things good for the kids yeah, so there's yeah. that good goal that constructive useful side of life
0: for sure no and that was cuz be i mean from what i see often we don't give benefit of the doubt or we rash like we jump to conclusions about what happened and then we start assigning moral grade marks to other kids yeah. or whatever and so that was really nice that he did that and then we had you know we chatted for about 10 minutes about yeah. it was good Um, and I guess the point of that would be to encourage other parents or people in general to dig a little deeper under the surface of what's happening because there's a lot of rash assumptions and judgments that get made yeah. about kids behavior and stuff
1: helpful curious mindset
0: yeah it's with a big construct
1: one. looking for constructive outcomes. Yeah. Not blame, judgment, finger wagging.
0: All right. How okay, because I wanted to ask you, we or we should talk about the how are you doing for time? Yeah. Good. A little bit of time. Okay. Yeah. The cell phone legislation. <laughs> is It's a bit of a jump into another conversation, but yeah. it all fits in, which happened yesterday. Um, so we talked a little prior about how this is gonna go in schools and there's the different attitudes of you know, it is good. It should be taught, or we should teach kids how to manage their tech use. And then the other side is well, they're too distracted. We need to keep it out of the classroom. And you uh, thoughtfully reminded me or us of in the conversation of it's complicated, right? It's never so straightforward. <laughs> yeah. So let's go from there, maybe.
1: Yeah, the um, two
0: sides and
1: so so. It's not as if we haven't had this conversation, but without technology before. Right. Right. So we're going to ban chewing gum in the classroom because kids stick it on the bottom of desks. (laughs) Right. right? (laughs) Yeah. So we'll ban it. Right. Um. You can look at the bottom side of any desk and see how well that ban is going, right. right. You know, yeah, we, we know how things went with prohibition,
0: right? We know <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And even to that point, they banned trading Pokemon cards at my son's school or something like that.
1: yeah, it is very when something creates a problem at schools, yeah, um ah uh, so people are um. Uh breaking down snow forts, so they ban building snow forts, right like things go wrong, and so we jump to this this just ban and make the problem go away and i I just think that's too short sighted and doesn't get to the root of the problem yeah um so if we look at um instead of thinking of it, how do people in authority impose rules on people in a, in a lower power position yeah. and oppress them yeah. and make them mind their will. Now that sounds like, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're being mean, but w- we get lost in the idea like, well, no, because kids don't know better and our ideas are the best and we're older and wiser and we're only looking out for them because mm-hmm. we know they need to learn. And so this is for their best. <laughs> yeah. This is for their best. Right. B- b- um, so here's our solution for, for kids best. And what I would th- say that evidence and research proves better is when we simply bring kids into the conversation and say, hey, so here's what we've got to accomplish. We've got right. 214 school days and we need to get through this much curriculum and we need to get this much um, uh, instruction time yep. in. And so we got to figure out how to do that together and I noticed for some people that there's distraction you know and so i get that there's a utility of having your phone like if you got my kids like wonder list and putting things in or putting mm-hmm. th- you know due dates in their calendar or yeah. snapping pictures on the board like any like adults do at conferences right. and, um so so you know how do we find that balance between using our phone to support our learning and having it interfere so that we don't get through our material and or we're distracting other people who that might be hard for them and um how are we going to accomplish that together this year and you might actually find that kids will come up with things like, mm-hmm. well, maybe when you're starting a new lesson plan, um, you say this is cell-free t- t- time and we put them in our knapsacks behind our chair. We put them under our desks or whatever it might yeah. be. Um, and then when it's like collaborative phone time, you know, and maybe there's whatever. I'm, I'm, yeah, sure, Whatever. Sure, sure. The yeah. point is.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to take us a while to figure this out.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so – but the point is, if you involve kids in the conversation, they're the ones that have to live by the agreement. You're, you're making a covenant with them. Yeah. You know, because if you, you impose the rules, then kids just love to sneak around the rules. And it gives them more reason to think that you're being unreasonable. And therefore, they don't want to they, – they might not bring their phone in, but they'll give you some other reason. To, you know, whatever. They won't, they won't throw their garbage in the garbage can. They'll <laughs> yeah. start throwing spitballs. Right? Yeah, yeah. If you want to win their cooperation to abide by something that's gonna help their little microcosm of community function better, mm-hmm. they've gotta feel a part of that community. They've gotta see the interests of the group and um you know, they have to feel listened to. Yeah. So that doesn't work when you just say cell phones are a distraction. No more cell phones. Right. It's just too short, quick, and so. But again, if you ask me, like how how dire is it for kids to do? I think they're misusing them. Do I think they're taking pictures of them bored? Do I think that yeah. you know they're playing Candy Crush because they couldn't care less about the lesson plan on imports and exports of Thailand? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, they are. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about artificial intelligence makes right. those things. Really, super interesting, and they know how to grab eyeballs. I I think that where we're at in an interesting time is that it's also why we need to change education. Yes, because we are able to educate kids very well when they're engaged. And right now, the people that have done the best at engagement are the people that have incredible history of human of of, Mm. of the psychological piece mm-hmm. that engages kids around gaming mm-hmm. and not all gaming i know some, some parents are like ding 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 yeah. she's a gaming she's a gaming oh my gosh i'm not I, there's many <laughs> ways that we can use gamification yeah uh we they use it with compliance for kids to, doing chemo um wow. to stay in their their to, you know on their on their chemo treatments there's Lots of gamification with kids with diabetes, like we for overcoming anxiety. Like there's there's many ways to learn to engage and help kids move along. Um, In fact, there was a really interesting guy who um, uh, was a mathematician, dropped his job to become a teacher, started got an agreement that he was going to teach the whatever the grade three or four curriculum using all off the shelf pre canned math. Video games that you can go buy at any, whatever those game stores are. Yeah. And he brought them into the classroom and he set up whatever. And he got those kids two grades ahead in math by Christmas.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when we engage kids in learning… They learn, (laughs) yeah. But you put them in little rows and little desks with eight and a half by twelve pieces of paper, and it is not going to keep up with the other ways that we know kids can engage with information. So I think that's why, like Apple Classroom and some of these other platforms, uh, the whiteboard, like we're we're getting better, but this we're not we're not quite there yet. So that Mm -hmm. phone is just extra tempting. um, Where I think if the when we can shake up educational models i think the appeal of the phone will become less we'll have less bored kids who are looking for the plan b
0: yeah that's great the because i that you when i was listening to cbc on the way here this morning the conversation at large seems it's so narrow you know that i don't even think anyone said well i know nobody said anything about maybe our education model is the problem and maybe we need to figure out a better way to educate our kids for the new world or whatnot i know there's a lot of i don't know evidence or there's also a lot of i guess thoughtful people discussing you know our school systems were set up to support the industrial revolution i mean Absolutely. really they totally were yeah. and why and are we and not- even by
1: age core like the we, we have so accepted nobody challenges why do we put people in Grade, groups yeah. by grades that, and I think then that have was some-
0: to study them or to rank file them better in the in, in the factory
1: we we've, we've all we've all come to understand that people have different learning styles and that we have different areas of explosive growth at different times. And and so when parents say like, oh, my kid's on an uh, an individual education plan, I'm like, excellent. I think every kid should be, can you imagine if you were on the, on just on your growing edge at every subject so that you could be in grade six in math, grade four in reading grade three in geography, because that's actually how we grow. You just want to be on your growing edge and why we think we got to lump these little Mm -hmm. cords and move them all together. Like it's um, that,
0: Yeah, that would be brilliant. And does that happen in independent learning – what did you say? Independent learning plans?
1: uh, Yeah, IEPs. Yeah. Yeah, well, they make accommodations and things. But I I think you're going to find – the, the education in the future is just going to go on the model of you know the scaffolding model yeah. for, you know first you learn sentence structure, then you learn paragraphs, right. and then you learn essays, and then you learn whatever and I don't know where you are, but this is the order that you learn them in and right. and, and I also think we're gonna we're going move away from uh, so much of what our childhood was, which was memorization of facts yeah I uh. mean when you why do you need to know that the Iroquois ate corn? You can Google that. What did the Iroquois eat? Like we need to – I think we're going to shift education more into creativity, problem solving, teaching kids how to teach themselves so that they become lifelong learners and can learn how to collaborate, uh, collate information from – judge the quality of sources. And it won't Mm -hmm. be this memorization thing, you know.
0: And sitting down. I like that eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and sitting in a desk. It's so backwards. Even sitting,
1: you know, they know that, that, that learning Uh. loves movement. And that one of the things that's killing and making these boys fidgety is that they would do better if they were like on a treadmill. If you could actually teach a class with, On a treadmill, that would be awesome. So some of this, uh, I mean, we might have talked about this last time, but in New York City, some of the schools have like high tops, like at a bar and they have like, so you sit on a high stool that you can kind of put one foot on the ground and then there's bars underneath and the bar moves so that it's designed for standing movement fidgeting so that you are, that better improves learning.
0: Oliver's sitting on a yoga ball. Although oh, awesome. right yeah, it's awesome. Little stability ball. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, awesome. of, it's he says it's helping him a lot. Yeah.
1: Cuz uh, now he's got his wiggly yeah, he gets to, yeah. d- right without disturbing, without yeah. disturbing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, when you were talking about what's the purpose of the fidgetiness before I was thinking about that about him and the ball and what how to help him in that regard. Um do you know who Yuval Harari is? No, I don't. He wrote the book I, one book Sapiens. Oh yes, I know. I've never heard
1: anyone pronounce his name. Ah, yes. Thank you very much. I've seen. I'm pretty sure (laughs) that's right. I'm pretty sure that's right. Bravo! Yes,
0: he's a brilliant person, and he talks a lot about his main concerns for the future are nuclear war, AI, and um, oh my god.
1: Climate collapse. Yes, thank you. I was going to say. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of the biggest things I'm worried about. Yeah. Yeah. So those are
0: the three, and he breaks down the AI um, stuff around education too, right? Yeah. A lot of jobs are going to become obsolete, and what does that mean for what we're teaching kids? Mm -hmm. And a lot of what we're teaching kids is not going to help them in the future. So speaking to this idea of innovative learning models, and I don't know what it is, but you I rarely ever hear in the education conversation about the archaic nature of our education system in terms of how it's set up to funnel kids through the system
1: well well there so again um, right there we have to and maybe he talks about it in the book my daughters have read the book I haven't but yeah. so he doesn't I, go
0: I, into the details of education as much but but this, we have to think yeah. about
1: what's the function. Like, there's there's people that are different stakeholders, right? Yeah. So you know, the government or or what the f- funders yeah. of public education, private schools, they're they're looking to populate the workplace, yeah. Right. So it's very interesting where, for example, when we need women in the workplace, we put out all kinds of research that says daycares and childcare and other that are fine for kids psychological. The minute we need women out of the workplace. Oh, um, the dangers and the downsides of whatever. And all these, oh, you know, I got to be a stay at home mom. Look at right. all the terrible things that, that, that happened that we suddenly now are seeing that we need to compete with China and some of these other countries. we're looking at these global scores and now we're saying our kids need to be better at STEM, everything STEM, STEM, STEM. STEM. Yeah. And don't give me, I have a science degree. So I'm always like, yeah, girls in yeah, STEM, yeah, like I'm yeah. very pro STEM, yeah. but we have this idea that we're make these, our children are products that we're preparing to plug into the workforce to help our economy. I, as a parent, am not interested in that. I'm a different stakeholder. I have a child who is self-actualizing and growing and developing with faith that they will find whatever their unique gifts and talents are and put it towards the, the good of mankind in whatever way that is. And that that will come, that flourishing will come, um, you know, if I nurture that journey. Right. And that's very different than having an end point in mind and... It is yeah yeah, so so i I don't want to be too um deterministic about right. what kind of person I'm supposed to be producing, no, that's that yeah, that crosses a bit of a line for me,
0: he did somebody asked him a question, I listened to a lot of his talks about what's the most the if you were to give advice to a young person today about career preparation and et cetera you know what would you what field or whatever what skill is most important to learn and he said um self awareness basically emotional intelligence mm. was he's that's the number one thing young people should be learning right now and he's a pretty serious meditator yeah. he's a professor too of history um and in sapiens he documents sort of it's he's a, an incredible writer um but the importance of self-awareness and emotional regulation which is also a bit of a weird word, regulation, but because of the disruptions that will happen in our economies and even political issues or any problem-solving skill is going to involve difficult emotions and navigating difficult conversations. And again, we're teaching kids to externalize the responsibility to their teachers or to that are. You know, if somebody's upsetting you, go tell the teacher. You know, it doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. It's complicated, but uh, it, are we, we don't we, we don't kids emphasize to...
1: the soft skills. Yeah, we don't. In the, you know, developmentally, all we're moving away from play based learning. You know, we're we get too quickly onto report cards and testing. And we don't spend time in human dynamics and building right, the group. Right. And, and, um,
0: so how do you balance? So, in some sense, because the practical, deterministic, or sort of action oriented things are helpful to learn. But if we're not learning the softer skills or the more interpersonal skills, yeah, then- well, we're
1: rushing through it. Yeah. We're right. missing steps. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Oh, I think, um, you know, again, this is, goes back to – part of it is the responsibility of the parent. Uh, I think one of the – you know, working with a lot of teachers. I'm not anti-teacher. Mm-hmm. I yeah. come from a family of educators. Right. Um, but they also feel like everything that happens in the social systems of the family and society, greater society, we keep turning around and saying to the teachers, "And you need to fix it. Like, right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, like they're like, I'm not supposed to raise your kid. Yeah. That's not. That's not. I was to educate your kid, and there's things that you learn in groups, and you know. Right. But a lot of this gets put on teachers, and they get no training. They get yeah, no they respect. Get no, yeah. They yeah, zero yeah, respect, and yeah. they're you know, and and they're they're every six months to a year, they're given a different directive right? So it's like, oh, no, now we're going to do whole learning. No, now we're going to do symbolic learning. Oh, no, now we're going to do open concept. No, now (laughs) we're going to do small group. (laughs) You know, and and you got to talk to a teacher who's been doing this for 40 years or whatever. And they're kind of like, at some point, it becomes, you know, again, imposed from above. Nobody talks to the people at ground zero who knows kids, knows classrooms. And most teachers today say that the, the part of the joy that's gone for them in teaching is that they don't spend enough time in the human relationship of teacher to student. They spend most of their time doing paperwork and filling out reports and, Oh, I touched wow. that person on a shoulder. I've got to write a thing so I don't get right. sued for right. inappropriate touch. And all oh, these two kids did this. And that mother might say that I didn't let them know. So now I've got to say that there was a thing in the class and <sighs> report, 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 report. That is all fear and safety and measurement and, it, 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 you know it's uh it's, uh, it, uh, it's a culture it's sad. Yeah
0: and it's that uh, rigidness too that you were talking about earlier yeah. of just here's we're the men. rules and blah stick to it and et cetera.
1: Yeah. But the – the uh, I mean, I think the most discouraging thing that I ever heard was when I was at a conference for positive psychology, which is Martin Seligman's yeah. stuff with PERMA and whatever, which is fantastic. And it's just totally sweeping the nation and all kinds of research to to prove its yeah. effectiveness. And this was the positive education. But all their stuff – I was actually doing a, p- a poster presentation for my um, little nursery school, my Edlerian nursery school yeah. here in Toronto. And everyone else was sort of start, starting at college and up, and I was sort of saying like, "Oh, like we start this, hmm. we start this," and they were like, "Oh, you can't start it with an eighteen-month-old to a six-year-old," and we're like, "You've so missed the boat if you're waiting for emotional regulation and these social these soft skills yeah, to, yeah. to wait until <laughs> somebody's having problems at you know college." And they thought we were crazy. Anyways, I, <laughs> I bumped into to Martin Seligman. He was having a coffee at the Starbucks, and I'm like. Got my little courage. Yeah. I was on my growing edge. I said, I'm going to go speak <laughs> to him. And I told him about our little nursery school. I told him about the Adlerians and starting young and da-da-da-da-da. And uh, that we wanted to like, what can we do in Canada to reform education up here? Yes, And uh, he's like, oh, you know, you'll, you'll never get the school boards. That's part of why they're staying out is not because they – don't necessarily think that young kids, whatever, it's that the school boards are so slow to change, so slow to adopt, there's so much politics, there's so much unionization, all those other things that keep it in gridlock that we can do all the research and bring all the wonderful papers and have all the beautiful ideas. It never translates to change on the ground, right? So he's just... You know he can cha- he can change the military. He yeah, can, he's got yeah, entire yeah. countries that have now moved from gross 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 national product to gross national happiness as their measurement for mm-hmm. how the country is doing, and we can't crack the TDSB. <laughs> <laughs> or no wait, seriously, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, no. It's uh, like, it's... holy cow, we really do. Oh my god, we really. So, so, um, so that I that was discouraging for me. Not that yeah. I'm not going to give up, but again, if I, if you're a teacher out there, I'm not dissing you. I love you. I work with a lot of schools. You know, we I speak at a lot of schools. You yeah. speak at a lot of schools. Um, I think teachers are everyday heroes. I think they would just like to go back to the thing that drew them into teaching. Yeah, you know, which was to be that wonderful person in a kid's life and mm-hmm. to take on that role and.
0: Um, I, I would, I, I totally agree in terms of the tough job they have. And, um, for Oliver, who's in grade two, I'd say three out of the four teachers he's had, you know, J K S K one, two are, have been amazing and they care about kids and they want to help and they're, they've been so great. Um, I don't know what it's like in high school. I'll find out one day, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, they there's
1: some wonderful high school teachers yeah, too, and I, they and they. I are, guess they, I
0: know some too. So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and they and uh, and the power of one. Talk about those everyday heroes. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm somebody who works in family counseling, and people come in, and they've got things happen, and they've got uh, youth that's going off the rails, and then some teacher. Not that they were called in as part of the intervention team, mm-hmm. but suddenly it's like you know he believes me, he sees big things for me, he you know, and that uninterested third well very interested third yeah, party sure, but sure. somebody outside of the, yeah. the the counseling tribe and that's the one force that can put a pick, put a kid back on track and have a different idea about themselves you know yeah. and so uh, you know i hope the parents out there recognize those everyday heroes and get to circle back and say you know that nudge course corrected a life that yeah you know it's pretty powerful
0: it is that's beautiful okay i guess we should Leave it there. We've been chatting for a while. Um, is there anything else? I would say, can you give us the, your website and where All people the big can go? Yes, yeah. please.
1: So everything is populated on my website, yeah. so it's probably the easiest place to get everything else. Definitely. But it's it's my name. So www dot A l y s o n. S-C-H-A-F-E-R.com. And so on that homepage, it's yeah. got all the – you can click to my Facebook page and you can click to Twitter and all those great right. social media things are all integrated. And you, the
0: YouTube. Uh,
1: and to YouTube, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All – that'll be there too. And um, – And if you sign up for my e newsletter, then you can get notified when I have a new course coming up or when I'm going to do a Facebook Live. So if you want to ask me questions, that's the way you can reach out to me. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. Thank you. Always great to speak with you. So good.
0: Maybe uh, go and have some more
1: kitty problems so we have more content to talk about in the future.
0: It's endless. (laughs) It's endless. Okay. Thank you, Radio Regent. And everybody, bye.